You're listening to The Eye of the Survivor with Tanya G.J. Prince. Okay, hello everyone. Today's recording is about decision making when it comes to relationships. And these lessons come from a survivor of a serial killer in Los Angeles. Uh, Felicia Collier said she was doing one interview and one interview only. She gave that interview to uh, a show called Evil Lives Here and that's on ID if you want to catch it. Um, At the end I'll give you a few more details about it. But um, anyway, Felicia Collier um, was in a relationship with Chester Turner. If that name sounds slightly familiar to you, it's because Chester Turner uh, was considered, um, I hate this word, but was considered a prolific, one of the most prolific serial killers in Los Angeles history. Now, I hate that word prolific because it makes it sound like, you know, a serial killer accomplished something. When all, you know, they didn't accomplish anything. That was destruction. But, you know, we'll talk about all that later, of course. But in any case, she uh, was a young girl. And uh, she lived across the street from Mr. Chester Turner. And she lived with her parents across the street. And they went to the same school. And Felicia was someone who always got, you know, good grades. And she was very dedicated to her studies. And so she ended up tutoring um, Chester. And it sounds like it was with success because I think his grades went up. So, you know, I don't know whatever came of, you know, did he graduate, anything like that. Who knows? But his grades came up. As time went on, the two of them grew close. Now, at this point, close simply means friendship. For now, close friendship. Uh, while Felicia was in high now they're all still in high school and while Felicia was in high school she uh, got pregnant with her daughter and you know she had some issues at home because her mom uh, basically didn't you know didn't like this and Felicia was and her baby were without a home so it turns out that Chester's mom and Chester a lot, you know, asked her to come and live with them with the baby um, because they liked her, I guess. Anyway, so Chester was her daughter's babysitter. Chester was her daughter's babysitter. She seemed to trust him. She seemed to know, you know, pretty much who he was. She says he was good with her daughter. He did her daughter's hair and he took care of the baby. Now, here's where the close changes meaning. His tenderness towards her child convinced her to date him. Because, you know, she saw all this love he's giving the baby, you know. And he let her, you know, he, he convinced his mom to let her stay. I get it. But the first signs were that there was some extreme jealousy. She kind of noticed that right off. And, you know, things like putting his, not hitting her, but putting his fist through a wall. And getting extremely angry about her even having other male friends to the point that she, you know, had to one time get that one of those male friends to intervene. And and between her and the 
you know, much bigger, stronger Chester. Let him know nothing was going on. They were just friends. And also the guy was, you know, saying, hey, don't hit women. Okay. Um, of course, you know, Chester cried. And he, you know, he seemed to love her. So the relationship continued. Now, after high school, Felicia moved into her own place. And I like this move. She moved into her own place. Chester didn't come with her. It was just she and her daughter. But later, when she was pregnant with their child, during her pregnancy, is the first time that he hit her. This is not uncommon in violent relationships. Because a, a change that may be to a violent person, a violent male, may seem like ownership. Something like getting married, moving in together. Or pregnant with their child to to someone who isn't thinking about relationships in a healthy way might interpret these actions as ownership and enforce that interpretation pretty violently so anyway so so that was the first time that he hit her she was pregnant he was jealous of a relationship he thought she was having with someone else. It's a pattern with him. He threatened to drive the car off a cliff with her and her daughter and their unborn son. Remember, she's pregnant. Their unborn son, he threatened to drive all of them off of a cliff. Off of a cliff. Much like in uh, many violent relationships, there was sexual assault. And after a particular episode, and it might have been the only episode, I'm not sure. I do think it could have been the, you know, according to, you know, what she was able to, to tell us at that time. Um, after this, after the assault, she grabbed a gun and chased him outside and was prepared to shoot him. She was furious. She was rightfully angry. She was just indignant. And, um... The only thing that stopped her from shooting was that there was a neighbor that yelled, wait, he has the baby. And that, that stopped her. But we could not stop her from doing She called the police. And uh, the police intervened. And, you know, he surrendered the baby to her. And that was just, this was just going to be it, the end for her. She was making, we're talking about decisions, she was making a decision that this was not what she wanted for herself, her children. Uh, she was done. She didn't press charges and she had the baby back. So her father, you know, I don't think, let me just say before I get to, you know, speaking on people's parents. I do not think that her father had any, certainly any ill will or nothing. I, it, for, by all accounts, he, he definitely loved, loved, loved his daughter and his grandchildren. But, you know, dad thought that there was no, really no need to press charges. You know, she had the baby back. Uh, they were moving forward. And, hey, you know, it should be done now. He did let him know, you are not to put your hands on my daughter anymore. Um, you know, I won't have this behavior anymore. The, you know, this type of thing. But she was done. Now, 
while Felicia was done, uh, Chester was not done. Chester wasn't done. So Chester continued to bother her and stalk her and, you know, beg to be taken back and all of this type of thing. But when he threatened, you know, she encountered him on the street one day and he threatened to hit her. At that time, she unloaded her gun. He was shot, but he lived. Even after that, he still shows up on her doorstep tomorrow. He forgives her and wants them to be back together. Thankfully, no charges were pressed because of um, a long history of domestic violence reports and calls uh, at the police station. Um, the police believed that she was, in fact, protecting herself. But that was the last encounter that Felicia had with Chester and that was in 2004. So, a few years later, Chester was in the paper. Chester was in the paper. Chester was on the news because ultimately they come to find out that Chester had murdered women including a pregnant woman and he had raped and strangled women he is I think still currently considered the most prolific serial killer in Los Angeles history all total he is convicted of murdering 14 women and one unborn child in 2007 he was sentenced to the death penalty. A few of the lessons that I think Felicia Collier's story and her decisions teach us. Listen to yourself. Felicia seems to be a woman of uh, a high degree of grace and doesn't mention the people who may have second-guessed a lot of her decisions, her decision to live alone ultimately, her decision to leave when she did, her decision to even, even defend herself. There is a lot of uh, questioning, second guessing, doubt um, that women often talk about when they talk about violence in relationships and a lot of pressure to pressure to keep that you know keep a family intact uh keep you know the kids need a father uh the pressure not to be a single woman not to you know you you know um yeah so much so throughout felicia's storytelling we learn that even as a pretty young adult uh, with two children, single woman. She made decisions along the way that could not have been easy to uh, listen to herself, to decide decisively what she wanted for herself and her children. And, you know, that could not have been easy. You know, sometimes we sum up strength. And we, we look at a person and say they're strong. 
when if we tease it out one thing we see is someone who listens to themselves and does what's best for themselves even when it's extremely hard church tells us to do something else or family or societal pressure come out with the stats you know this single mom home this that and the other um it and those no one's you know coming against those things but you know people are individuals and they have to do what works for them what keeps them safe what keeps them loved what keeps them moving forward and growing and all those things it's challenging to do as a woman and especially if people know that you're in a violent relationship because I don't know what it is when people find out you're in a violent relationship I don't know what makes them think that suddenly you know they take away IQ points or you don't know what's best for you or that type of thing you know anyway that's a lesson I think we can pull from Felicia's storytelling is you know, listen to you, listen to yourself. Again, we know that uh, Chester Turner ultimately went on to um, assault and murder and all uh, uh, people who he was not in a relationship with. We're specifically talking about the person that he was for a time in a relationship with. Don't lose yourself. One of the ways that she was able to possibly make a, a, a you know, wrench away from this man um, when she did and shut the door and be done. And trust me, I know that's not the end all be all. And I know that, you know, it can go further than that. But it may have helped a little bit, maybe a lot. I don't know to what degree. But it helped that she was living alone. So then, therefore, she didn't have to go and have him removed from the home and have to go through all that drama of him saying, you know, hey, this is my home, that type of thing. And I'm talking about specifically she wasn't married to this man. So this is, you know, totally different circumstances and not the same for all peoples. But what I'm saying is that aided her. In getting away from him, the fact that they weren't living together, because otherwise he's going to be, you know, this is my house and I'm not leaving my house. And, you know, and the whole, you know, thing that you have to go through to get, you know, two people who aren't married um, in separate properties. So that was a helpful thing for her. Also, I think that even though, you know, one can say, hey, she missed some of those early signs, the, the fist through the wall or the extreme jealousy Felicia was young she's a young person and also distracted with trying to uh, raise her daughter and she's very young to have to go ahead and you know make a life for herself and her child so you know I, I get that not to mention this was a man who had helped her um, it, when she was desperately in need when she and her daughter were essentially homeless so I get that but paying attention to those signs of the way that he responded uh, and trying to drive them off the cliff or threatening to drive them off the cliff, I think that that was a huge lifesaver for her. 
I'm going to let everyone um, draw their own conclusions about uh, having the gun and, you know, the, you know, him being shot by her. I'm going to let you draw your own conclusions from that. And now I say all that disclaimer. I say all of that to say that you can do all of those things. And unfortunately, some of these people are relentlessly determined to torment Oros. And I don't think he had any, you know, less determination than others. I just wanted to share that story with you, um, how it hits you, however you receive it or don't receive it, you know. But I, I, I just wanted to share that um, our deepest thoughts, our, our prayers, um, our sincere condolences are with the families of those murdered women and the child um, who weren't, you know, they weren't in relationship with him to my knowledge. These were, you know, when I looked them up to my knowledge, all of these were people that he, he knew around the neighborhood, but I, 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 I don't think he had more than an acquaintance relationship with these women, but um, definitely um, their lives were lost and, and, and our thoughts are with their parents. Um, their family, their loved ones, their friends, people who knew them at this time. Um, I share this story simply to say, you know, hopefully I like for us to try out of misery, out of destruction, out of the ashes to try to pull out whatever lessons we can pull from it. Because I believe survivors have a lot to teach. Whatever lessons we can pull from it um, to make our lives better, our lives safer, and safer for those around us as well. I just want to reiterate that a lot of these uh, lessons that we take are not hard and fast rules. They're just the sharing of the lessons for you to adapt them to how they work best for your situation or how you can help other people for you know for their own situation. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Go be great. All right. Bye. Yes, yes. I almost forgot. Um, if you want to catch that episode, um, if you want to look it up or something like that, the show is called Evil Lives Here. And it's on the ID channel, um, Investigation Discovery. And that particular episode was Season 5. Episode 6, Season 5, Episode 6, and all of our, sending all of our healing vibes, um, love, support, everything to Miss Felicia Collier, wishing her and the family all the best. Alright guys, this is really goodbye. Bye. <laughs>
Thank you for listening. Abundant blessings.